Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Startup Theory. We are here today with Rob Howes, who was smart enough, my man, to wear his shirt emblazoned with FitWorld, which is his business, his application. And uh, we're going to be diving into that. He's got some questions. And uh, before we get to those, though, I want to give him a chance to tell you guys all about what FitWorld is. I think this is pretty interesting, and it's a tech-based app. So it's something that I know a lot of you out there um, are contemplating doing. So hopefully we'll be able to get you some answers that will help you with your business as well as help Rob. So Rob, take it away. Tell us what FitWorld is. All right. So in a nutshell, FitWorld is an instant connection of health and wellness professionals and resources to people who need them. Uh, So as a personal trainer, you know, I I realized I could only reach as many people as I could touch, as many people that were in my jurisdiction. And even if I set up brick and mortar buildings, I could only touch the folks who were in our state or in our city. So I said, you know what, let's start an organization, let's start a, a movement where we can connect folks through technology. And hey, with Skype and FaceTime, you can talk to people anywhere. So why can't we train them? So essentially, that's our mission is to connect people to professionals and resources. So it's like fitness on demand. That's I love that, man. And, and one <laughs> of the things that is my absolute obsession in business is scalability. And this is something that I want you guys thinking about. And look, it's a it's a very individual um, answer. It's something that you guys are going to have to come up with for yourselves. But for me, doing things at scale, helping as many people as I can, that's why I'm not a big fan of DMs. I'm always trying to have things. Uh, I know it's supposed to go down in the DM, but uh, I prefer things to go down in a much more public format so everybody can learn from stuff. And I know that means um, maybe an increased level of vulnerability, putting yourself out there. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to build a business or trying to be successful in anything for that matter, um, you're really going to have to be willing to put yourself out there to risk embarrassment and all that. But if we can do things out in the open and each learn from what's going on, so much the better. So scale for me is uh, really just the the most fundamental question that you're going to have to ask yourself as you decide to get into business is, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to do something that is uh, relatively small, what's traditionally referred to as a lifestyle business? where it's not something that you're trying to make big. You're not trying to become a huge corporation. You may not even be trying to sell, although I know that we'll talk more about that. That's definitely on Rob's um, agenda. Um, But those are things that you want to know ahead of time. Is this something that you want to sell? Is this something that you want to make huge? And if you're going to sell, scalability is literally going to be the first question that they're going to ask. And certainly in the technology space, um, they're going to want to know if the technology in and of itself is going to scale. But that's really something that an entrepreneur has to ask themselves right away at the beginning is if I want this to be big, what is my path to scale? And so, Rob, I, I find that very interesting that you're already approaching from that. And if you would, um, because I actually found this pretty interesting in your story, tell them a little bit about your background, what you were doing with DirecTV, and, and how that realization became so powerful for you. Sure. 
So, you know, I wanted to start an organization where uh, young people could come and not just get in shape because the childhood obesity percentage is just too high and which is it's causing too many issues and it's affecting not just their health, but their ability to even focus in school. It's a, a lot of indirect and direct issues. So you know, I want to start a nonprofit where we could have kids come, we could pour into them academically, physically, mentally, spiritually. And it was going so well and we had so many, so many requests. I said, let's, okay, let's do a primary focus and let's call this program Camp Fit. I love the biggest loser model. So I said, let's do a, a program. Let's turn it into a TV show. We'll have kids come on. We'll offer a $1,000 grand prize for the winner. And we'll give them eight weeks where they just get poured in by different mentors, nutritionists, chefs, I mean, coaches, everybody that you can think of that can empower them. And then by the end of the eight weeks, somebody wins the money, but everybody wins. And so I literally woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning one day, and I was watching TV. And I just saw this lady exercising on TV. I decided, you know what? I'm going to email the senior program director. She calls me back the next day, says, we love the show. We want to put you on our network. I said, okay, that's great. <laughs> and that was the birth in 2010 of Camp Fit being on TV. Well, that's great. Now we're reaching more people. But I had parents calling me and, and people and, and trainers calling me, wanting to be a part of the program. But the, I think the biggest issue that we wanted to solve was when people would call and say, okay, I would love to be a part of your program. My kid needs help or we need to get in shape. How can we do it? We're in Chicago. I'm like, okay, well, we're in Maryland. So I just networked and I would call somebody in Chicago. So whenever people would call, I would connect them with somebody in the area. It seems easy, but a lot of people don't realize that it's that easy. After about four or five times, I realized, okay, people are leaving. We need to create something where they come and stay and we help them. And that was the app. And that's when I came up with the idea of Fit World. And so people can literally come to the application. They could find, they could scroll through profiles of health coaches, life coaches, anybody they're looking for find their bio, look at their certifications, get their information and content, and but most importantly, connect with them instantly. And that's how FitWell was birthed. It was birthed through the idea of helping people uh, instead of letting them be helped by somebody else. Right. I love that, um, <laughs> you know, when you're scratching your own itch, that's one of the most important things for any entrepreneur to do is if you're not even solving a problem for yourself, the chances that you're going to be solving a really large problem for somebody else are very, very slim. So starting with something that is a burning need that you have. Um, and, and when we were at Quest, that was really the thing for us was we said, well, I don't know if there's going to be a big business here, but I know that there's at least three people that are going to eat this protein bar. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. we figured if we had uh, at least a market of three, that our goal was to go out and find the people that were thinking like us. So it's it's great that, you know, you were starting from the position of, OK, people are being aware of what we're doing from an entertainment factor. But now for us to be able to help more people, uh, we're going to leverage technology. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, we live in the most powerful time for somebody to be starting a company because even if your company isn't technology you're going to be able to leverage technology in order to get the word out and if you really think about Rob what your business is your business actually isn't technology right so your business is helping um, people get in shape right it's connecting uh, the dots between somebody who has a need and their need is that they want to get in shape they want to learn how to exercise eat better whatever the case may be whatever their right. particular goal is um, and then you've got people that have free cycles um, and you, so you've referred to this as the uh, Uber of the wellness world where, you know, and, and for those of you that um, maybe haven't thought about what Uber is actually doing, Uber sees themselves as 
essentially right now anyway, and I think it'll change as they um, automate everything, but they're selling spare cycles, both of the car and of the driver. And mm -hmm. so when those, when you have somebody who's got spare cycles and you have somebody that has a need to leverage those spare cycles, then you can bring them together. Um, so that's a, a pretty um, powerful thing and, and really is something that, you know, didn't exist not too long ago. Um, right. This this whole thing didn't happen. But what you really can't lose sight of is at the end of the day, and this really goes to your first question, at the end of the day, it comes down to what is the true value proposition of the product. So with that, I think it's a great transition um, into your first question. So fire away. All right, right. Cool. So uh, of course, while we have our, our, our plan for exiting. We have our plan, but again, we, you don't know what you don't know. So in your opinion, um, with this kind of model, what would be the best way to plan um, to set up strategically for a nice exit? With All this right. kind of model. Yeah, for sure. So let's um, define terms because I know not everybody is familiar with the term of an exit. So um, what Rob is talking about is um, building the business to a certain level and then finding either um, a strategic uh, who's going to acquire it and use it to um, you know grow their own business. And he has some later questions that we can go more into what a strategic partner would look like. Um, or you can sell to you know uh, private equity or a VC if they do um, full outright buys. Um, and so that is, is really the, the goal for a lot of people is to build something to a certain level and then they sell it. And there's really two paths. And I think it's important for people to understand that that isn't the only model. So selling a company, um, is, is what I'll call the standard model, the standard VC model, where, um, typically in, um, a VC exit cycle, it's going to look something like this. Um, you're going to get early traction. So you're going to go out, you're going to build the app, and and this um, there's, you have another question later that really touches on this. But you're going to um, build your application to a certain level, and then you're going to go to a VC, which just stands for venture capitalist, and there are people that have access to um, usually a tremendous amount of money, and their bigger problem is actually finding places to deploy that capital. So believe it or not, and this is really the attitude that you have to walk in with, is you're walking into a VC as the solution to their problem, which is they have all this capital, all these resources, they have have uh, what are called limited partners who are essentially pledging money to their fund. And then their job is to get a return on that. So, you know, mm -hmm. let's get crazy. Let's say that they have a billion dollars under management. They've got to deploy that capital and then they're expected to get a return. And what they're doing is they're investing in companies. Now it's high risk, high reward. Most of the time a VC is using a spaghetti model. They throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and they see what sticks. Um, and it's uh, what's more lovingly referred to as a portfolio strategy. So they know that most of the companies in their portfolio are going to fail. Okay, so let's all drink that in for a minute. They know going into it that most of the companies are going to fail. And that means you have to be um, really um, cognizant of how the model works, that you're going to want to make sure uh, that you understand that early wins get the attention. So if you go to a VC, they're going to give you, and let's say that they give you capital, they're going to give you a time frame. It's usually three to five years. Um, you might be able to stretch them a little bit beyond that, but traditionally it's going to be about three to five years. And then they're going to expect you to exit either IPO, which is um, an initial public offering or um, just outright sell to a strategic. Um, and that really does put a gun to your head and you have to think about that. And so you're going to want to, um, or you will be forced to grow your company in one way if you have a VC um, and versus the other model, which is um, called the evergreen model. And this was really, um, it's being spearheaded. Um, I would say it was started by, but I'm very open if uh, somebody else, you know, 
started this before him, but a guy named Dave Wharton, um, who is uh, just a great guy and has something called uh, the Tugboat Institute, which full disclosure, I'm a member of, and I'm a member of the Tugboat Institute because I really believe um, in the Evergreen model, at least as people knowing that there's both of these models that exist. And the Evergreen model is very simple, that you're going to keep your company forever. You actually have no intention of selling your company. And I think the reason that I find that so appealing is, um, one, I believe that it makes for better companies. So many acquisitions fail because of um, culture problems, the founder mm. problems. So, you know, Rob, when you think about it, like you've got a lot of energy, enthusiasm, passion for your idea. But if you sell to somebody else, they may not share no. that same passion, energy and drive for your mission. Yeah. And so when you sell to somebody and I don't know the exact stats, but I remember them being just ridiculously high, the percentage of companies that sell and then fail. Um, so while it, it can be very, very lucrative for the founder, and this is certainly one of the ways to generate tremendous wealth, um, but it's not always great for the company. And so right. um, though that's really sort of first choice number one is, are, am I going for a VC traditional exit where I'm going to take money? Uh, they're going to help me accelerate the growth of my company you know, with however much money I take from them, which usually, by the way, is a fairly significant sum of money because if you've got a billion dollars under management, you can't be messing around with 100,000 here, 500,000 there, um, right. which is more sort of the angel um, investor route where you're going to somebody who's much smaller, the smaller, um, the amount of dollars that they're going to invest is much smaller because they just, you know, when you think of somebody with a billion dollars under management, they don't have the time. It literally don't have the time. So there might be amazing opportunities, amazing that they pass on because they can't put say 10 or 20 or $50 million to work, which may be a more comfortable number for them given the size of the fund. So really understanding your VC, what their sweet spot is, all that. Okay. So we won't derail too entirely on that, but so those are the two basic yeah. models. And to give you a little more color on the evergreen model, it, it assumes that you want to hold the company forever. There's going to mm -hmm. be a different structure where you're going to be paying your investors back in dividends, essentially. Right. And you build a structure that allows you to take free cash flow. So here's what I need to um, grow my business. Here's what I need for near-term CapEx. Um, but there's you know more that I have left over due to the profitability of the company, and therefore I'm going to pay that out. And it goes on forever, which can be wonderful for the investor because unlike um, a traditional VC exit, you get one hit, it may be massive, but then that's it. Whereas with an evergreen company, you get the money more slowly, but it can actually end up being significantly more um, if you get a portfolio that has a few wins in it because it just keeps wow. going, keeps going, keeps going. So anyway, those are the sort of two big models. Now to answer the direct question, um, hmm. so what are the best steps to prepare for a big acquisition exit? All right. I want everybody to lock in their mind what they think the answer is. <laughs> Rob, I'll ask you to do the same. I want it in one sentence or less because mine is going to come that rapidly. So, all right, everybody have it locked in? So they can't uh, give us hindsight. Yeah, yeah, I knew that was the answer. All right, Rob, what's your answer? What do you think? One to sentence. Put, to create a platform where you have the most people and the highest retention. I love that. that. That's perfect. So you know the answer, and, and I'll say it another way, and hopefully everybody at home had a very similar answer. Uh, <laughs> said a slightly different way, build an awesome product. Okay? That is the answer. That's always going to be the answer. There's no fancy tricks you have to do. You could do everything else wrong everything. You could ha set your corporation up as a, a C and they want it as an S or you could set it up um, in California and they want it in Delaware, I mean, whatever. None of that is going to matter 
if you're crushing it, right? If you mm -hmm. have an application that people love, they're using, you've got high retention, you're transforming people's lives, they're all going on social media and saying, Fit World changed my life. <laughs> they're like crying and they're like showing up at your house because they've been so moved and so impacted by what you're doing. Dude, right. anyone's gonna want to invest at that point. Anyone's gonna want to acquire you. If you show growth, you show that there's room to grow more, you show retention, that, that at the end of the day, that's it. And that doesn't matter no matter what you're trying to do, right? Whether it's a physical mm -hmm. product, whether it's technology, whether it's an app, whether it's a clothing line, the only thing that matters is that it's a truly great product that has adoption. Um, and then a little bit of growth rate doesn't hurt. So that, that really is like everything else will take care of itself. And, you know, there's a lot of fancy stuff like where to incorporate your company and all that. Honestly, at the end of the day, it all pales in comparison to just building a really, really great company. So, you know, as a startup, man, I just cannot emphasize enough. That's where all of your time and attention should be is making sure that when you put these two people together, that both of them have an incredible experience that you're working mm -hmm. on your UI and your UX to facilitate these meetings that you find a way to, um, and maybe it's as simple as rate and review to find a way that the cream rises to the top. Um, and that the people that are rising to the top want to stay in your platform because that's really going to be your bread and butter, right? The bread and butter is going to be, I want to gain muscle or I want to lose fat. I go on fit world and I rapidly get a hold of somebody who motivates me, who uplifts me, keeps me going. And most importantly, delivers results. Yeah. If you're able to do that by retaining your, you know, top tier talent, uh, then, then the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Good stuff. Two words, great product. Booyah. Pretty simple. <laughs> Indeed it is, man. I mean, okay. look, execution is everything, and, and I don't want to yeah. um, undermine how hard execution really is, but you know, let, you've got to let something be your guide, and making a great product, that's really got to be just the, at the core of every decision you make. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions, and I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing, and a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. 
Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. All right, hit cool. us up. What's number two? Number two. So uh, influencers are going to be what, what really drives us building this platform consistently. We're in a day and age where there's so many stars, Instagram stars, Facebook stars, and they may have 50 million followers. But I think one of the other biggest things for us is we want to partner with health and wellness companies that, I mean, there's obviously thousands of them out there, but in your opinion, for a model, a model like this, what would be the best health and wellness companies to align ourselves with um, for growth? Well, that's really going to come down to the company's agenda, right? So um, one thing and, you know, thinking about what it was like at Quest and people were reaching out to us every day and they wanted to partner and it's you, you don't say yes and no based on whether they're a good company or whether they have um, something really amazing that they're trying to offer the world because you're getting hit up all the time by great companies with something great to offer the world. So it really comes down to what is that company's agenda, right? What are they trying to do? So Quest was making huge plays into cancer, right? That was really, really meaningful to us and uh, really trying to do something incredible there. So understanding what that company is trying to accomplish, right? Understanding that Quest was like diehard about metabolic disease, that they really wanted to make just great products that people could choose based on taste, having to be good for them. Like all of the things that we were putting out into the world, we were telling people this is what we were about. It was really astonishing how few people actually understood that. And so when they're reaching out to us, um, not showing a level of understanding about who we are, uh, what we're trying to accomplish was really the death knell for a lot of people reaching out. So you want to find out like who those companies are that you think might 
might fit into the world. So obviously you guys are in health and fitness. Um, so partnering uh, with companies that that that's just like their leading edge and it may be different companies than you think. Right. So, um, it, it's not always going to be the obvious ones, but certainly in the realm of food, there are some very obvious players who clearly care about, um, health and wellness. Uh, there's going to be companies on the, um, insurance hospital side that, you know, if you find an insurance company that's making a huge play in preventative uh, medicine, like going to somebody who's all about preventative medicine, that, that would be a big, big deal. Um, but you know, just really going back to that, what's universal about it is you guys want to, um, really find people that, they are actually trying to do something that you can actually help them with. And that is something I just cannot, cannot emphasize enough is don't try to get a deal done. Okay. Don't try to get a deal done. Try to help somebody like think about what's really going on in their company and how that you can get, how you can help them accomplish that. And Jay Samet talks a lot about this in his book, disrupt you. And he says, always use other people's money. Like you'll be shocked at the things that you can get somebody else to fund because it helps them accomplish their goals. And what they're, if you do it right, what they're thinking to themselves is, Oh my God, I get Rob is going to do all the logistics of this. All I have to do is throw money at the problem, right? That will be amazing for them if you're actually able to execute and do something that helps. And, you know, I'm just off the top of my head. If you have somebody that has like really regional stuff or let's take a Kaiser Permanente, right? Making this up on the spot, I, literally, I have no idea what their actual agenda is. But from what I know, if you were able to do things for them, like create uh, a branded version of your app, which is for Kaiser Permanente people specifically, uh, to get them into the program where you can actually track how many um, how many minutes do they spend with their uh, the the wellness professionals, um, mm -hmm. if the wellness professionals rate their progress, what that rating is, and then feed that data back to Kaiser Permanente. If they were into preventative medicine, again, I don't know if they are, but if they were, then it's yeah. like, whoa, these guys are thinking, okay, yeah. I want to funnel a ton of money into what you're doing. I want to continue to support you. I want to be a sponsor because you're actually helping us achieve goals inside of our own company. And so now they don't have to build it, right? So if they had a team and they were, imagine that you call them on the day that they've just had a meeting where they're thinking, okay, wait, we We've got to build an app and somebody's pitching that, guys, we need an app and we need an app that connects them to wellness professionals and we need to be able to track the minutes that they're spending with these people and track weight loss or diet, you know, calories in. And then you come along and say, hey, that's what I have. Mm -hmm. I understand what you guys are doing. I understand your big initiatives within the company. And let me tell you how I already execute against that. And here are our sponsorship packages, right? So now you're really solving their problem. And that's something that not enough people do. They feel that they're coming to... Um, a company with their handout, right? Asking for something. If you right. feel like that, you either don't yeah. understand your own value proposition or you're going to the wrong companies because the moment you find something that's truly aligned that actually will help that company do something, like you're bringing value. And then you can come to the table really as an equal. And when that's authentic, like when you authentically know what I have built solves a problem for you, then it can become really a beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're going to get those lasting relationships where you're not constantly having to like reinvent it, right? Where you're, you have them for six months, but then they're like, they have trouble pitching it to the, you know, the committee that approves it again. And so it's like, right. oh God, every six to 12 months, you're having to like redo this stuff versus somebody who's like, whoa, you've really helped my business, man. I want to hold on tight. Man, that's a paradigm shift right there. Wow. Yeah. That's a whole different concept because you think when you go into companies, yes, yeah. Uh, you don't know me. Can I work with you? And if you have that approach, as opposed to 
it's a value add. So it's a no brainer for you. Let's do business. That's a okay. <laughs> yeah. And the key there, Appreciate man, that, is, man. <laughs> is to just really find those companies for whom it truly is a value add. And, and I cannot recommend the book, um, disrupt you by Jay Salmon enough. I did a book review. Have we launched the book review on that? Yeah. Okay. So it's already live. Check out the book review. Um, Jay's coming on the show this week, I think. Um, so by the time most of you watch this, unless you're in the live audience, uh, it will be live. So it should be up probably yeah. in the next month. Um, so, yeah. but his, his book really rocked me, man. And just really, really, really good advice about how to, find the right partner uh and oh, yeah. make your pain points go away you make theirs go away i saw that yesterday <laughs> yeah nice i saw that yesterday all right uh so influencers they're, they're everywhere but you know obviously this is a very noisy world again I, now that the paradigm has been shifted there's a value add for influencers but so it's kind of i guess the same thing but my question was how do we what's the best way to attract influencers to uh, be endorsers for fit world well, yeah, it, it is very similar, but there's there's a flavor on this one um, that's different. So influencers, yeah. it's really about going in and identifying an authentic connection as people. So the most important thing is because people are putting themselves out there so aggressively on social media, you can really learn what they're about. Like you can find out what they want, what they're trying to accomplish, what their community is all about, their ethos. Um, and, and once you have that, then you really can go and write them a letter and tell them who you are. It can be a DM, but think about how many DMs they get all the time. Write them a letter, which is going to be way more rare, and just tell them like, Here's, I see you, right? In the avatar way, like I see you. I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to accomplish. I think it's amazing. I'm reaching out because I actually believe in what you're doing, right? And that's the key. Only reach out to people you really believe in that you can authentically like be, um, you don't want to be a gross fanboy, but when you can be authentic and show appreciation, like that goes a long way. Don't be a, a sycophant, but show authentic appreciation, um, that goes a long way. People, obviously, that feels good. So you're going to show that you really see them. You understand who they are, that there's perhaps a real authentic um, a sense of appreciation that you guys can do something together. You lay it out. Keep it short. Like, if it's multiple pages, you've already lost. Like, yeah. influencers have people writing to them all the time. One of their jobs is to read comments and reply, like, all day, every day. So the last thing they want is something really, really lengthy. So, like, give it to them in a couple paragraphs. No run-on sentences. Like, get to the point. Be succinct. But let them know that this is how you see it working. This is the value you think you can add to them. And then you've got to be persistent. And one of the best ways to be persistent, because people on social media, man, they are all about building that community. So they're looking for comments they're looking for likes they're looking for shares like that's really really valuable and if when you write them you've already spent two or three months as one of the most active and generous participants in their community dude there's like a, a world of difference between that like there's probably call it 15 or 20 people in our ecosystem that if they wrote to impact theory uh dude in a heartbeat like i would listen to them i would take them out to lunch whatever because they've been so generous with their time and energies in our community not just replying liking and sharing but like supporting other people in the community which is a thing for us it's not going to be a thing for everybody but that's a thing for us and so when people are doing that like you get my attention right i know who you are so i'm reading all the comments i see the people that are sharing like we pay attention to that stuff because that's the lifeblood of what we're trying to do so if you've done that and you've really been adding value consistently over time i'm not talking for a week i'm not talking about like you went gung-ho for a day i'm talking sure. i see your name over and over and over for months 
Mm-hmm. Then, like, if you write to me and say, hey, this is me, this is my username, and I really, here's how I connect authentically with what you're doing, and by the way, I've got this company, and here's what I want to do. If there's a fit, like, I'm literally, it's 10 or 100x, I'm more likely to do something with them than I would be somebody that hasn't been contributing to what I'm doing. So, right. you know, just recognize that truth of human nature. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, um, well, the, probably the, the most solid uh, component of our business model in regards to scaling is our professionals. Because each coach or each trainer, they come on the application and then they send an invite that says, welcome to my world, to their clients. Their clients then come onto the application. So on an average, if every coach or professional has 20 clients, that means for 100 professionals, we have with the 2,000 users. So our thing is making sure we have a great experience for our coaches, but we're looking for the best route to actually attract them. Now, one of the biggest attractions is uh, right now, if from communication standpoint, they're using text messaging, emailing, Google Calendar or Outlook. Um, they're using PayPal for merchant services and probably Google Hangouts, Skype or FaceTime if there's any kind of virtual consultation. All that's inside the Fit World app for our providers. But our thing is, what's the best way to attract providers to come take a look and to um, be a part of our movement? Yeah, man, that's easy. So what the providers care about is what you already mentioned, which is that you're going to make all of the business side of things really, really easy. So that'll be huge for them. But the thing that they care about way more than that is users. So their big problem, if you think about them from a marketing advertising standpoint, is they're good helping people. They're not good at running a business. If they were good at running a business, then they'd already be thriving, and chances are they're not going to come to you. And by the way, that's A-OK. And I think that one of the greatest things that's going to come out of um, what we're trying to do on the content side is we recognize that if you want to be a content producer, you have a choice to make. Like You can either continue making amazing content. I don't just mean social. I mean writing a screenplay, writing a book, whatever it is that you're, is your content flavor of choice. But you have to decide, like, do I want to get really good at that and spend all my time doing that? Do I want to become a great marketer or do I want to do both? And mm-hmm. if you want to do both, you're going to be splitting your energies, right? And so most people are never going to get good at both. They're going to get good at one or the other. And so what we're trying to do is say, hey, we understand the creative side well enough. We're putting all these business processes in place to make sure that you get the introductions that you need to actually turn your content into something, the publishing and all that. We're going to take care of all of that. Um, and what we want to do is help those people that don't want to do the business side of it. So you're going to get a lot of people that are doing that. They need the, they want somebody to handle the business side. And then the other is they want clients because they don't want to have to figure out the marketing and advertising. So if you have a steady stream uh, and a torrent would be even better of people coming into your application who are looking for the wellness um, enthusiasts, then, then you're really going to have a hit. And if you imagine what the nightmare scenario looks like for you, it's a whole bunch of wellness Um, professionals and nobody asking for their services. That will be the most rapid way uh, that people will bail out of the service. And so what you always have to figure out, you know, it's kind of like a club promoter, right? Is you don't just want a room full of dudes. You've got to find a way to bring the uh, young women into the club as well. Uh, And that's going to be your thing is how do you manage that ratio, right? You've got to get the ratio. Um, And so that's going to be the biggest problem that you solve. If you get that down, like everything else will take care of itself because the Mm -hmm. fitness professionals 
will come for um, the people that you've got there. And then the best of the best will rise to the top because it'll be basically um, a seller's market. And so they're looking for um, the people are looking for the highest rated professionals because there's, you know, a slew to pick from. You've got the best of the best. You've got high retention. And then, boom, they find those people. They get results. They tell other people. More people come to the system. It becomes self-fulfilling. Yeah. That's cool. Wait, um, what would be the, the best way? Obviously, there's VCs, there's angel investors. There's a lot of different out, outlets to raise capital. But um, from what we have, the platform that we're providing, uh, our Series 1 is 500000 That's our goal to raise. Uh, what would be the, the best route to raising that capital? Um, so I'll get to the sort of real meaty answer in a second, but the first thing I'll say is understand the amount of capital that you want to raise. So he already knows his number, 500,000, 500,000 is almost automatically going to put you into the angel camp. Um, so you're going to be looking at angels. If you're looking at angels, get yourself well-versed with, um, angel list. Uh, AngelList is is a app. It's a technology platform that's really done an amazing job of aggregating um, angel investors, giving them a platform where they can rapidly sift through the business ideas and people that are coming onto the platform. It's a great way to get attention um, and at the end of the day, that's really what you need. Now you're going to have to get angel investors' attention very quickly, communicate your value, um, show that it's something that they want to invest in. The investors can also say the kinds of things that they're interested in, so you can filter by that and figure out who you want to approach. Um, so that's just a, an amazing tool that is um, you know, only, I don't know, five or six years old. So it's just, again, just an incredible, incredible time to be an entrepreneur trying to bring something to the table. So check out AngelList. Um, but the, the honest answer, again, goes back to the first question, which is build a great company, right? So if you have an amazing product and you show early traction, like here's, here's the first rule of money. You can never get money if you need it but you can get money in abundance if you don't. So what you have to show people is that you don't need it to get the early wins. You don't need it to get people using your platform. You don't need it to get the platform off the ground. Like people are gonna be super reticent to invest in an idea. Let me tell you whose ideas they invest in. Proven entrepreneurs, okay? If you've got a proven Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, if um, Zuckerberg says, hey guys, I've got a great idea for an app. You know what, I'm breaking away from Facebook. I wanna do my own thing. Uh, Anybody wanna invest? Dude, yeah. <laughs> he would be beaten to death with like yeah. the lumps of money falling on his head. So right, uh, right, it'd right. be very easy because of what he's accomplished. If you're not a seasoned entrepreneur, then you've got to show early traction. And so, and yes, that means you've got to hustle. Yes, it means you've got to grind. Yes, it means you've got to win with no capital. But look, not having access to huge amounts of money in today's age just shouldn't matter that much. Not for early traction. For scaling, for sure. But like with Amazon Web Services... That, that goes away. You can get somebody um, overseas where it's uh, much more cost-effective to design your website. I mean, there's just a thousand ways to get this stuff done for cheap. You should be able to get a website up and running um, showing what your app is about um, for, God, even with an app, you should be able to do it for 5 to 10K, right? You may have to attract a, a, a coder who will do it for equity, but if they believe in your idea and your idea is real and your ability to pitch that idea, like you're able to build excitement and build a team, like that's part of what makes a great entrepreneur. So if you don't know how to do that yet, like then you have to start at that. You have to start at team building. You have to know how to get people excited to rally around your idea before it's anything. I mean, that's yeah. like leadership 101. You've got mm-hmm. to be able to get people to see your vision to rally around it. So um, getting the, that early win by showing traction, by showing that your thing works, showing some growth rate, 
then go to the angel investor, then ask for money. Um, don't do the brain damage of going when it's still just an idea and it's super nascent. And I've seen the list that you guys have. I mean, you've got uh, a big team, man. So that's super impressive, but leverage that team now to actually get traction. And once you have traction, then go hit people up for the cash. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, how, much, how much time do I have? Yeah, where are we on time? Wow, this goes fast. All right, let's let's hear some audience questions. All right. Okay. First one is from Laura. She says, what are the challenges and benefits of spending your time building your own app versus just building up a large following on existing platforms? Well, so uh, it depends on what your app is going to do. Like for him, it, it wouldn't work, right? Because you're not going to be immediately the people that are the wellness um expert. They're just going to take people into their own ecosystem. He's not going to bring any value to them. They're not going to be able to scale their business. He's not going to be able to retain his customers. So it's like the very value proposition that he has is I'm going to make the business part easy for you. And I'm going to create a sticky environment where once somebody comes into the environment, they stay, they may not stay with the same fitness professional, but they'll stay in our ecosystem. And then, you know, when they come available, then you'd be able to um, get access to them. So uh, it's really there aren't a lot of businesses that can exist solely within the universe of social media. I mean, if you're just trying to be like a, a paid influencer, maybe, but even then, like if you're selling information, you've got to have some platform that uh, you can point people to, to, you don't need necessarily need a full blown app, but you need a website uh, that can, you know, give them the info that they're going to download. So, yeah. All right. One more question. This one's for Rob. Um, is fit world providing guidance to trainers and or screening them to avoid any predatory practices? Oh, absolutely. So we have a, a pretty deep vetting process um, where they have to l upload their certifications. Um, we do a cross analysis on their social media platforms. And of course, then once they are in the system, we have a, a, an Amazon type rating system to where, you know, once someone uses their services, they can then comment about their experience. Of course, you know, we can't control everything, but we'll do the best we can to make sure that we're getting dedicated professionals on the platform. Because, again, that customer service driver is what's going to give us the retention we need to thrive. All right. Makes sense. Back to Rob. All right, Rob, we probably have time for like one more. OK. All right. So let me, let me go to a, a John Maxwell question. Um, Tom, you, you, you're in this industry. You built a, an amazing company, Request Nutrition. Um, and I, and I know your story in regards to uh, the passion of why you even got involved in this wellness industry in regards to your family and your own life. Uh, for what we're doing, who do you know that we should know? Wow, man. There's a, there's a big universe of people on Instagram, on Facebook that are influencers that are really, really touching people's lives. Um, I would start there. I don't know that it's... Um, it's about building that personal relationship because the honest answer is you and I don't have a relationship, right? So um, it wouldn't come down to me making an introduction to you because I'd need to know you and have a relationship with you first. Um, but it does come down to in the world of social media that you can be delivering value to those people right now, doing something positive for their community, um, finding out what it is that really drives them and making sure that you're delivering against that. Um, and then that becomes the, the way that you're going to meet that, meet those people that you need to be those early influencers that are really going to help you take off. And one thing I, I really want people to understand is 
you've got to be playing the long game in relationships and don't make the mistake that I made. I eschewed, um, uh, networking forever. That pause was whether I should define a shoe. Uh, I, I didn't network for a very long time and I didn't do it because man, I know it's probably hard for people to believe I'm introverted. So I don't actually love going out and uh, networking and meeting people from scratch. (laughs) But finally I had to force myself to do it right. Do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. And I just knew that I, uh, I've got to get out there and I've got to figure out how to get past this mental block. And so I started networking probably about, I don't know, six years ago. And it has just turned into this super, super powerful thing in my life and has become how I've met a lot of amazing people, but they never turn into something in the short term, right? It's, it's the people that I met four and five years ago that I've consistently proven, um, that I am who I say I am, that the person that I represent in social media actually is the person that you're going to see and meet off camera, uh, delivering value to them over time, being consistent, um, actually caring about them and getting to know them as a person. Like you want to be doing all of those things. So, you know, I mean, best case is the people that you're going to meet now, they're going to plant seeds that will help you um, down the road. And you definitely, definitely want to be investing in that and going to um, any kind of meetup networking event that you can that's in the space that you really care about. And whenever possible, meeting somebody on the ground of really wanting to be able to help them do something. And when you can do that authentically, like they're just doing something that you're into, uh, then it then it really, really pays off. So start networking now. Uh, these days, man, with Facebook and social media, it is so easy. Like there's so many people doing, like right now we have a, a meetup going in uh, Atlanta, in Atlanta with Cindy. Uh, so, hey, anybody in the Atlanta area? Um, so that's, you know, the kind of thing that you want to do. There's just people are doing this left, right and center. Start building those relationships now. Um, Identify those organizations when it's not just a person. Identify the organizations. um, If they have meetups... Uh, or like find out where, I mean, with LinkedIn, like you can find out like who's the person within the organization who's going to have the pain point that I can solve, right? Because it's not going to be just the organization in general. It's going to be one person in the organization who's in charge of something that you're actually going to be able to help with. See if they're doing something, if they're involved in something and find that area of real, authentic, common overlap where you can go and, and get to know them. Common, authentic overlap. Word. Got it. That's good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure. How, how did got like, it end up like, in air quotes? I, mean, I put that in quotations. That's <laughs> like a, I love it. I, 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 honestly, man, you know, it boils down to, I guess, two main components from the one side of how do we thrive and how do we keep retention, build a great product, and how do we build relationships, add value to people. I mean, that's kind of what I got out of this interview. Two easy things to understand and, and, to, uh, and to manifest. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. For sure. And it sounds like you took exactly the right things. And and that, that'll be the universal takeaway, you know, as many times as we do the show, I promise you that adding value, being consistent over time, making a great product, like those are going to be the things you hear over and over and over um, because those are the only things that are real and that last. And um, I, what I always want people to understand is that value is the only thing you can monetize consistently over time. So there are other things that you can monetize for a second. Like you can be a great marketer and you can monetize a powder pill, potion, snake oil, you know what I mean? And you can get a quick win. And those wins 
confuse people and make people think that that's the way to do business. Uh, and that is really the fastest way, especially in today's open economy for you to really destroy your credibility and not be able to do something in the future. So value sells, value sells over the long run. You can always monetize value creation. So focus on that. Everything else will take care of itself. Rob, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, is there thank any, um, where do you want people to find you online? So they can go, well, fitworldwide.net is where they go to register, pre-register for the app. We'll be launching within the next 30 days. Right now we have our prototype. We're breaking it, messing it up, making sure it's ready to, uh, MVP is ready to be put into the marketplace. But we're on Facebook, uh, Fit World app. That's where you can find us on all our social media platforms, Fit World app. Perfect. And uh, we'd, love, we'd love to have you come by. And, and it, right now we're, just, we're putting a lot of good content on the uh on our, on our web page and on our Facebook page. Just anybody who's interested in anything health and wellness related, mentally, physically, spiritually, we just pour content on there and building our community. Nice, man. That's awesome. All right, guys, be sure to check out Fit World app, see what they're up to, see if you can help, if it's something that you want to be involved in, if it's something that you can use in your own life. But go check it out. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. This is a weekly show. And if you have something that you want to submit, you have a business idea or a business that's already up and running and you want to be included on an episode of Startup Theory, be sure to email us at connect, that's C-O-N-N-E-C-T, at impacttheory.com. And uh, we will send you some stuff that you need to fill out and send back. And then hopefully we can get you on air. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.